0: First Corinthians chapter fifteen Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Um, Skip down to verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Father, we just thank You for Your Word today that Your Word is alive, Lord, that Your Word is quick and powerful. We thank You, Lord, for fruit that comes out of our life as we read the Word, as we feed upon the Word. We thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. In fact, I want you to just lift your Bible, say, This is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the incorruptible indestructible ever living seed of the word of god i will never be the same never 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 never, <laughs> never, never, never. <laughs> never the same in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you believe that when you go to the gym that something's going to change, then you'll go back, won't you? Right. Well, you know, I'm not going to spend all the time going in there, you know, the, the effort that it takes if I don't believe it's doing me any good. Right. Same thing, if I read the Bible, I, I want it to, to impact my life. Right. <clears throat> so, one of the things, as a believer, I, I believe that our life should be full of power. Not a weak and defeated life. You know, one of the, the things about a believer, and it's a passion of mine, is the message that every believer is an overcomer. Yeah. Why? Because without, we were without hope and without God in the world before we met Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says in Romans 8, 37, that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so I believe that there is an element in our life that's going to cause us to triumph, that's going to cause us to succeed, to overcome. And this is something that we read about in the Bible, that in every epistle, in every letter to the church, Paul has this in his greeting. Peter has. James has. So if this is something every time they said hello and goodbye... Don't you think it's probably important that we learn what this is? And what we're referring to is the word grace. So I want to share for a few minutes about grace that causes me to triumph. Grace that causes me to triumph. The word grace is not just a part of a greeting. Grace be unto you, my brother. Grace be unto all the church. Greet one another with a holy kiss. You know, it's not just part of a greeting. Grace is not just some intangible nothing. You know, people, you know, they they hear, okay, we're gonna come together at Thanksgiving. All right, who's gonna say grace? What does that even mean? You know what does that mean? Just say grace. <laughs> it's like I heard one minister. He was uh, in, they were like in the green room, in the ready room after a service, and they prepared a meal. And they said, okay, um, uh, Dr. So-and-so, you pray. Blessed! And that's all he said. <laughs> you know, especially at Thanksgiving, people, want, they they have these long, drawn-out religious prayers. Hey, let's just... We'll pray for all the missionaries at a later time. Let's just, you know, let's just pray over the food and enjoy the food. But, you know, it's sometimes people pray over the missionaries, and they pray for Honduras, and they pray for every place in the world, and um, everyone's getting hungry and agitated, you know. Let's just pray for, for the food. Amen. <laughs> but notice what Paul says. He says, I am what I am by the grace of God. When we read the epistles to the church, grace and peace to you is repeated over and over and over. So I want you to understand today that grace can be perceived in your life, and grace can be received into your life. Grace can be perceived and grace can be received. So what is grace exactly? What's the definition a lot of people know? Grace. Yes. Undeserved, unmerited favor. What does that mean? That means I didn't deserve it. Aren't you glad there's a lot of things in life that because of the grace of God, you don't get? And there are some things that you do get that you didn't deserve. That's why mercy and grace are interwoven just like this. Thank God for the mercy of God. You know, I think, of, I think about the mercy of God that, that kept me alive when I, I overturned in a, in a school bus three times when I was in the band. I, and I think about the mercy when other things that could have gone really bad. You know, who's ever been in that place where something could have really went really south real quick? Maybe you were in a gunfight. Maybe you're in, a, in a, a knife fight. Or, Thankfully, I've never been in those. So, um, you know. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but grace is unmerited. So that, that mercy and grace working together, mercy says you're not going to. The mercy of God is the fact that you don't get the judgment you did deserve. And also, you get the blessings that you didn't deserve. That's what the mercy of God does. That's the grace of God. So, it's unmerited favor, undeserved favor. That means I didn't earn it. And, you know, that's hard for people a lot of times. Well, you know, I just want to pay for my salvation, so I'm going to pay penance. You know, and even as a believer, you have to watch this because people can can try to pay penance for the, for uh, their sins. Maybe they 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 spoke to someone or they did something wrong, and so then they're going to punish themselves, and then they're going to, um, you know, make themselves feel bad. But the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. We, there should be an element of remorse. There should be, you know, a, a hatred for sin. But when you repent, God says he forgives you. He cleanses you. He washes that sin away as though it never existed, puts it in the sea of forgetfulness. Yeah. And as one minister said, put, God puts a sign up, says no fishing. Yeah. Amen. That's, that's one that you don't want to go fishing in. Yeah. It's kind of like at the, at the sewage plant down there yeah. south of Villard. You don't want to go fishing in there. Amen. That's, that's called waste management. Don't go fishing there. Well, you don't want to go fishing for your old sins. Yeah. Well, you know, you know and, and then that's the thing people remind each other on the anniversary of the thing they committed. Well, I remember what you did 32 years ago. Yeah. Well, just forget it. You know, you need to get around, get away from someone that's going to remind you of those things. So, fa- f- what we need to do is focus on the grace, though. Focus on the favor part. Hallelujah. But I love this definition about grace. Grace is God's power, and this is very important. It's his power and his willingness to use it on my behalf. See, see, grace is not just something that's just something that you can't operate in in your life. It's not just some nice little phrase. Blessings. Have a great day. He says grace. So actually, when you read the Bible and you read it, you should say, Lord, I'm reading this word, and you read your chapter, and it says grace. You need to receive it and say, Lord, I'm receiving grace even now. I'm receiving power. I'm receiving strength from this word today. So it's God's willingness, his power, and his willingness to, l- to use it on my behalf. It's not enough that God has power, but he needs you need to have that willingness for it to work in your life. Remember the leper in Matthew chapter 8. What did he say? He asked the age-old question that people are wondering today. Is it God's will for me to be healed? What does he say? Lord, I know you can. You have the power. A lot of people believe God can do anything. A lot of people believe, well, yeah, God can do that. But they're not persuaded he'll do anything for them. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. Of those that diligently seek Him. What does that mean? That means that God, there's an immediate response from Him. That as soon as I, now sometimes you have to walk it out to see it maybe manifested in your life. But when you pray, you believe you receive, God responds. That's what happened with Daniel. The Bible says it was 21 days before that answer came. Now we know that there's, we're living in a different covenant. We know the devil wasn't defeated. We have the name of Jesus. So we're in a lot better position than he was. But the devil can only hinder if you'll just stay faithful and stay true. But the same question people ask today. Lord, I know you can do it if you will. Jesus reached forth his hand and said, I will. You know, that that forever forever settles the will of God concerning healing. Lord, I have this. I will be thou clean. Be healed. And so... That was the grace of God extended to that man. It wasn't enough that, you know, it's like the Bible says, if you say, be warmed and be filled, and then you go your way, all you did was maybe salve your conscience a little bit. Well, I I prayed for him. Have a good day, brother. Amen. The Bible says if it's in your power to do something while it's by you, don't not do that thing. Don't let it slip you by Amen. That's why we're blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. So grace reaches out to you. Grace reached out, in fact, 2,000 years ago. So that's why grace causes me to try enough. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have enough of the grace of God working in you, you can overcome anything in life. (laughs) If you have enough grace, you can overcome any sin. You have enough grace working in you, you can overcome any habit. You have enough grace working in you, you can overcome any trial. If you have enough grace. It's not just according to my works, and it's not according to how hard I try. That's what Paul said. He said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. Why? Because of my own works. Now, we know that that works accompany salvation, and we'll get to that, but it's going to take more than one week. We're just, just kind of starting out hitting some high points. We said that, that grace reached out 2,000 years ago. So first of all, we have to know that grace is available to us. But notice what the Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 7. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Maybe next week we'll get into this, but one of the things about the grace of God that you, you have to receive it. There are certain things that grace cannot do in your life, and it cannot make you receive things. And so you have to learn how to receive. And notice he says, though, in verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Talking about Jesus. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. So Jesus, the Bible says, is full of grace and truth. Now, when Jesus ministered, it was hard for the Jews because they only knew the law. They knew the letter of the law and the works of the law. Their justification was by the law. That's why if you read Romans chapter 10, the Bible talks about being saved by grace through faith. Not by the works of the law, which we've done, and righteousness. Works of righteousness, which we've done. But Jesus, when he came to the earth, he came to reveal the Father. And the Bible says that he purchased our redemption. And everywhere we see the apostle Paul. You know, it's amazing because Paul didn't consider himself to be some big shot. he said, I'm the least of the apostles. In fact, he said that he was the chief of sinners. So he knew what he had done in life. But everywhere that Paul preached, he always came back to justification by faith, not by the works of the law. And, um, of course, then you had the Gnostics, and you had the different groups that would come out wherever Paul preached, and what would they say? Well, you have to be circumcised. You You have to keep the law. Like I said before, who would even answer that kind of altar call? (laughs) Some guys over on the side taking a knife. Well, that's when you, that's the church service you leave, you know. That's when you go, you go to another service. Amen. But see, that's what, that's what religion is. And see, people think they're going to be made perfect by the law, by keeping every part of the law. I'm just, I got to keep this and this and this. And the Bible says in the New Covenant, sometimes when you talk about this, people say, well, I don't have to keep the Ten Commandments. No, the Bible says in, in the New Covenant, we have one law. It's the law of love. And it covers all the Ten Commandments. Why? Because if you're walking in love, you're not going to steal from your neighbor. You're not going to commit adultery. You're not going to um, take something that's not yours. And so justification comes by faith and not by the works of the law. So what are we talking about? We're talking about grace that causes us to triumph. Look over in um, Galatians. If you really want to do a good study on this, take the book of Galatians and really just pour over it. But look at um, Galatians chapter 2. Look at verse 16. He said, Jesus Christ, man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So that shows you right there. The law was never meant to save an individual. The only thing the law did was show man that he was a sinner. It showed that he didn't measure up. But notice what Paul says. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also found sinners, is therefore Christ's transgressor sin? Forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if by righteousness, for if righteousness come by the law, then is Christ dead in vain. So why did Jesus die? So we could receive sonship, so we could receive righteousness in the Philippines and different places. You'll have people getting on a cross at Easter time. I'm talking about like nailed to a cross. And I I mean, I've seen pictures and stuff and it's like, why why are they doing that? They want to pay for their sins. Well, someone already paid for them 2,000 years ago. Someone already went to the right hand of the Father. Someone's already there making intercession for me. So all I have to do... Wouldn't that be terrible if every time you sinned, you had to go get on the cross? Jesus already paid the price. Notice what Galatians 3 says in verse 4, or verse 3. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Verse 9 says, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Verse 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. See, faith is not just something that you you carry around your pocket like, oh, man. You know, a lot of times people just, it's kind of like China. Who has some, some nice China? I won't ask you how many times you bring that out. But, you know, a lot of times people, they bring the China well, or it's 40 years old, it's never meant, oh, you don't touch it. You know, it's, you have to leave it down there. Well, that's China that you need to get rid of for your own spiritual well-being. Amen. Why just hoard it up if you're not going to use it? Someone else can be blessed with that. Amen. You know why I say that? Because I've seen it. I know I don't know, growing up, I think we used it once or twice, but, you know, um, scuff marks on it, and it's okay. Amen. you just cleaned it up. (laughs) Notice what he says here. The law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. People say, well, I don't deserve it. Exactly. You don't deserve it. That's what the gospel is. See, the gospel is not secular humanism that says that I have to do it and that I'm somebody. Well, we are somebody, but it's Galatians 3, verse 22. He says, the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. See, that's all the law was meant to do, was point you to Jesus. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, Have put on Christ. There's neither or one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hallelujah. Say, I'm an heir. heir. So we as believers are not under the law. I want you to say this. I I am not under the law. I'm living under grace. We are living in what we call the age of grace. Now, I'll, I'll quick. I'm going to quickly qualify myself because, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh man, I'm just I'm living under grace and just, you know, anything goes." We, I think on Wednesday night I mentioned this, but a lot of people, you know, they say, "Well, you know, you preach certain things, people will have feel like they have a license to sin." It's like, no, people have a license whether you give them one or not. They're going to sin anyway. Amen. But grace actually causes us to overcome. But when we talk about living under grace, what we mean is this. People can freely come and receive the gift of salvation. Everything that God does in our life is by His grace. And as we said, grace empowers us. You know, just say, for instance, I mean, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times at the beginning of the year, what do people have? New Year's resolutions. What, what's one of the big ones they're going to do? They're going to lose weight. Well, you know, if you're able to, to, to get and achieve something that someone else did, you know, that's not the time to put your thumbs under your lapel and say, well, you know, I was real disciplined, and I, was, I did this, and I did that. That's grace. That's the grace of God that allows you to do anything to overcome and to be a, um, a champion in life. And so I believe that we all need a, a revelation of the grace of God. How do you, how do you see a grace just in a, in a um, real practical level? Well, you know, there's, there can be maybe something in your life that you find real easy that someone else, it's hard for. I mean, if I had to get under and, and, and break down a transmission, I mean, I, I try not to lift the hood too much except for the washer fluid, check the, check the dipstick, and um, look for the plug-in, but I haven't even used that one. So, <clears throat> But there are people that are skilled. There are people that are anointed in those areas. Do you know you can be anointed to do natural things? You can be anointed. Why? because some people you, you might take that car too. I mean, they have that thing broken down in an hour and got it fixed, and the and the, the next person would be like me. They haven't even found the top yet. They haven't even found the cap yet. But that that's because of a grace. Things that you maybe you found easy since a child. Maybe, well, yeah, I can do that. That's always been easy to me. That's a grace. Don't take it for granted. Maybe you've been, always, you've been able to sing, or maybe you've been able to write, or you've been able to do certain things. That's a grace. That's a grace. And Paul said, I don't frustrate the grace of God. Hallelujah. So Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 8, For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, It is the gift of God. So how are we saved? How does God save us from sin? By grace through faith. By grace through faith. We see in Romans chapter 5, the Bible talks about that we access this life by the grace of God through faith. So we, we access the goodness of God, the grace of God through the faith of God. He says in so grace, as he says in this verse, is a gift, but faith is also the gift. So, everything that we receive from God, everything we're able to accomplish, is by the grace of God. Everything I heard a minister say this, I'm going to share this um, what he said. He said he was praying one day, and and he was real busy in ministry. He said, Lord, what is the, um, he said, how dependent am I upon you? He said, Lord, I understand that walking in humility and walking, um, not walking in pride is a key to being used. How much is actually the grace of God that's upon my life? You know, and he was just, you know, some of these same things we're talking about. He said, but I, I didn't expect the Lord to answer my prayer the way he did. And like he said, don't make a doctrine out of this. This was an experience, okay? Don't make a doctrine and go teach it and, and say this is... But he said, the next day just seemed like a normal day. And he said that as he was going to minister, he was, uh, this was at the healing school for um, Brother Hagan, And he said, okay, he's thinking to himself, okay, I'm, I'm going to do a couple songs. He said, I could not even think and put two songs together, he said. I literally could not think where to put my hands on the piano. He said, "Okay, let me. All right, I, I don't have that. Um, okay, let's let's do this. Let's, let's see what the the message we're gonna." He said, "I couldn't put one scripture with another." And if you hear the man speak, I mean, he can he can just just like that, just you know, um, scripture after scripture. But he said, "I couldn't even think where to put my hands." He said so. I just sat there and just, I felt hopeless. I felt, he said, and I didn't connect what I prayed with what I was doing right then. He said that, you know, it was probably the Lord that, and he he went on to say, you know, that, you know, after a couple of days, that, that grace came back. But he said that for two days, he sat there and just felt like a zombie and thought, and he said that the enemy even said, you're finished, you're done. And he realized later, and like I said, that third day he said the grace of God came back, and he he had to get someone to take his classes for a couple days and teach in the healing school. And he said, "Don't don't make an experience out of that that into a doctrine." But he said after that time, and from till this day, he said, "I know who helps me." He said, "If I get if I if I have songs that come to me, because he said he would just play song after song, no chord charts." get the right key, everything, you know, sing, play. He said, if I'm able to, to preach and make sense <laughs> and put a scripture with another, he said, I know it's by the grace of God. And he, because he said, even as a little kid, you know, he would get up and, and um, do things. He said, he was at a place one time and he, he got up, just put on a top hat and sang Bill Bailey. You know, he got in this other place where they, um, you know, were doing this thing for a student council, the person didn't show up. And, um, you know, he's a minister. He said, you know, he's always had a a gift and able to speak in front of other people. Someone didn't show up in elementary school in the the student council. He said, hey, nominate me. I'll get up. What are you going to say? I don't know. He got up. They nominated him 100%, gave gave a speech and everything. Well, see, that's a grace. That's a grace if you're able to, to do certain things in life. Don't take that grace for granted. So how do we receive the grace of God? How do we receive God's grace? See, it's one thing if you go out and say, "Oh, that was beautiful and, and uh, a nice message and he talked about grace, but I don't even know how, how I'm supposed to get it. Look over at first, our second Peter, we'll finish with Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. Simon Peter, a servant, And an apostle of Jesus Christ. I like how he says he was a servant before he was an apostle. Well, you know I'm an apostle and you have to listen to what I say. He was a servant and an apostle to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. See, here's this greeting again, but notice what he says. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Who would like some peace and some grace multiplied in your life this year? How about in the holidays? knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So grace and peace is going to be multiplied to us through the knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. Why is that important? As I read my chapter every day, as I read whatever the Lord puts in my life, as I feed my spirit upon the Word of God, Grace is going to be in my life. It's going to be multiplied. You know, one of the things it does, I've noticed in my life, that grace, and we didn't get into this, but, you know, I believe there's three different kinds of graces. There's a saving grace. A lot of people know about the saving grace, don't they? That I'm saved from sin, I can be born again. But there's also a standing grace. There's the grace of God that that allows you to stand and believe God and and to receive your miracle, to receive the the breakthrough that you need. Then there's a serving grace. You serve God in the ministry. You serve God as an usher, as a greeter, as whatever you're doing on your job. You're serving Him. There's a a grace to do that. Amen. And the, the key in life is to learn what your grace is. Learn what your grace is you know I'm not a doctor you know they can take in if they took you in there to to and, and you know cleaned you up real good, put the scrubs on say, okay, they put a little X on right there and say okay, we're going to make an incision right here hey, you know are you are you comfortable doc no uh, have you ever done this no then get what are you doing in here you know get out of here <clears throat> What happened is I just got out of my grace. And I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be always upset in my life. Why? Because I'm out of my grace. Here's the thing. If you get out of your, and see, God's called us to a place. We have a place in the body. And if you get out of your place, what's going to happen is you're going to get out of your grace. And eventually you're going to fall on your face. Who's ever fell on their face? It's not fun, especially spiritually. Amen. And I, do, I want to read one, one thing about grace just to sum this up. This was a handout that I, I received in Bible school. And um, I thought it just summed it up really well. That gra- See, grace is something that's tangible in my life. It's something that can work in my life. We're going to talk next week about things that grace cannot do and that grace will not do. And that's important because a lot of people say, well, they leave everything up to God and say, well, God's going to cover it. Grace is covering it, you know. You hear a lot of that, what we call maybe sloppy grace, but grace is, is wonderful. But we have a part to play. But I want you to listen to this. The Lord is gracious. He is the giver of grace and is the God of all grace. His throne is a throne of grace. The prophets of old prophesied of the grace that should come unto us. This grace came by Jesus. He was full of grace, and it is from his fullness that we receive one grace after another. The grace of God was upon him. Gracious words proceeded out of his mouth. It was his grace that he tasted of death for every man. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of grace. Our message is called the gospel of the grace of God and the word of his grace. Grace can be seen and perceived. Grace brings salvation to us. It is through the grace of God that we believe. We are saved by grace. We are justified freely by his grace. We are called by grace into grace. We are partakers of grace. Grace teaches us to resist ungodliness and to live us up and gives us an inheritance. Grace gives us an everlasting, uh, let's see, where was I? Everlasting consolation and good hope. Grace helps us in the time of need. God's grace causes us to reign in life. Grace enables us to serve God acceptably and to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Our words can minister grace to others. We are to sing with grace in our hearts, and our words are to be seasoned with grace. Grace makes us what we are as it works in us and through us. It is the grace of God that makes us rich and meets our needs. Grace is given to every believer. Grace causes us to be enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. We are told to grow in grace, to be strong in grace, to continue grace, and to abound in grace. So whenever we say grace and peace be multiplied, you say, I receive it. Or you say, Yes, I'm going to thank you for that. <laughs> the word speaks of great grace, the abundance of grace, the grace of life, the dispensation of grace, his exceeding grace, the glory of his grace, the riches of his grace, the gift of grace, the manifold grace of God, the true grace of God, and the election of grace. An individual can come short of grace, receive grace in vain, fall from grace, and frustrate the grace of God. The grace of God can be abused as an opportunity for immorality. An individual can do despite unto the spirit of grace. God gives more grace to the humble and to the sincere. Grace is multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord and is obtained by coming boldly To the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think that last verse sums it up. How do we approach Him? We come boldly. Boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Not to obtain condemnation. Not to obtain judgment. To obtain grace and mercy in a time of need. So what does the Lord want? The Lord wants us to come boldly by that blood, by the grace of God, unto the very throne of grace. When I approach the throne of God, when I pray, I'm supposed to see myself actually from a seated position in Christ, but what do I see? I see a throne of grace. It'll be like my sons coming to me saying, You know, Dad, you know, if I could... I don't even want the potato chips. If I could just have the bag. I want to smell the bag. <laughs> you know, if I could just have those hot Cheetos. And, um, you know, I just, if I could just at least just smell the bag, you know, just lick the wrapper, please. You know, what would I say? Get up from there. Yeah. Wow, they coming to me. As far as I'm concerned, I'm El Shaddad. There's no limit. Dad, how much money do you have? I mean, it's like a question you hear. Dad, how much money do you make this week? You know, you know, that's, that's the way kids are. Well, wow, but they, they come to me, and, and they, know, they know to pray and to look to the Lord, but we remind them of, the, of that all the time, that mom and dad are not your source, that God is your source. But, but they come to us, and they believe that we have a supply. I don't go to God and say, well, Lord, I'm coming to your throne, but Lord, it's kind of uncertain. Do you want to bless me? No, that's a throne of grace. That's a throne of mercy. So I know that when I go to that throne, I'm there to receive. God's going to give out of his gracious hand, grace and mercy and peace in my life. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your grace today. We thank you, Lord, that through your word and, and the knowledge, great grace, Lord. Lord, even as the early church, the Bible says that they prayed and as they, they went out and ministered, that great grace was upon them all. We've, we pray today, Father, that great grace will be upon your people. Great grace will be upon each person in this place. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, right before we go, I just want to give this call that if you're in this place and, you know, we we talked today about grace and it's also been said it's God's riches at Christ's expense. The acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense. And so everything was at the expense in Christ. And grace must be received. And so... We've been talking about having this grace. But if you're in this place and you say, you know, I've I've never accepted that grace. I've never accepted that free gift that you're talking about. But tonight or this morning, I want to receive the free gift of salvation. Friend, it's not anything you earn. It's it's nothing that you pay for. You just receive it. You just say, it's mine. Even as we sang that that song earlier, I believe that I receive. I take it. It's mine. Or if you're in this of God, let's walk with them, walked away. From, you've exp- walked away into to to sin and and things maybe that you didn't even intend to do, but you want to come back and receive that free gift of righteousness. It tells them that that they they're not gonna make it. That they're they're not gonna make it to heaven. That their life is is in vain. And there's people that they love the Lord, but they just always have that nagging feeling that just, then the Bible says that you can have a no-so salvation. So if that's you, if you want to receive the gift of God, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you want to receive all that heaven has for you, if you want to come back to him for you, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the appointed time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand, we want to do just like we said we want to pray with you, for you. Just come up to the go. Jesus was not ashamed a and embarrassed to die in public for us. We should not be ashamed to receive him in public, Amen, Hallelujah.
1: Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, just raise your hands to heaven. If you're in here and you and uh, you're just sitting in your seats, just uh, stretch your arms out and pray this prayer with us, and say. Father God, I come to you in the name of your Son Jesus. Lord, you said in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, that that you'll come into my heart. So right now, I confess Jesus as my Lord. And my Savior, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. I believe that you died for me. And you rose. And you're coming back again for me. Thank you for saving me. I give you all of me. For all of you. I commit my heart afresh to you today in Jesus' name. Fill me with the Holy Ghost and give me a passion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness that I may preach your word. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for using me. And then I'm on my way to heaven because I've got Jesus in my heart. Amen. 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 As a minister of the gospel, I can tell you that your sins are completely forgiven and you receive that grace. You receive that grace. Thank you, Father God.